that. You know, when you walk into the first Sunday, this is our first Sunday. Can I just say this? This is the first Sunday we did take off last Sunday. I make no apologies about that. For somebody who may want to say, well, I don't really think you ought to do that. Well, first of all, you don't get to make that decision. Uh, the second thing is this. We did that since we started the church. We've always given the Sunday off between Christmas and uh, the first Sunday of the year. Uh, we've always taken that off because we give our volunteers time off. And, and I'll just tell you this. If you think that's wrong, let me just help you understand something. God created the family before he created the church. And we told you to spend time with your family because it's important. Uh, and, and, and again, that's just the way we view things. If you disagree with that, we totally understand that. Uh, Emmanuel is right across the street, okay? There you go. So anyway, uh, and I say that in fun. I grew up at Emmanuel. I was called at Emmanuel. So anyway, but again, this is our first Sunday back after Christmas. And it's easy to say that this is a time, this is a day, this is a week that's filled with lots of emotions because some of you are like me and you wish Christmas could just keep going and some of you are like, oh, I'm over. I'm just glad I made it through it. I mean, if you pass by my house over the next couple of weeks and you look back into the woods and you can see through the window, my Christmas tree is still up and my lights are still on because I love that. I commit to that middle of November to the middle of January every year. I'm like a cat lady. You know what I'm saying about Christmas? I'm like a cat lady about Christmas. I just love Christmas, and I love everything about it. Some of you are like me. Some of you are not like me. Some of you are those people who had the most amazing holiday. You were spending your time with family and friends like we asked you to. And some of you leave this Christmas season with some unmet expectations. Because for you, Christmas really didn't turn out like you had hoped it would. It didn't turn out like you expected it would. And for some of us, that's what we would say about last year. Some of you would look back at last year, 2022, and you would say, you know what? It just didn't turn out the way that I hoped it would be. You had hoped that your career would take off. You had hoped that there was a relationship, and in that relationship that you had with somebody else, that that relationship would get better. Maybe you expected to be married by now or to have children. But looking back at 2022, 2022 simply didn't meet your expectations. So most of us walk into a new year or we look at a new year with a, a sense of renewed expectation. That, that's what the new year is to us. Uh, again, when you think about new year, the word new, you know what it carries with it? A promise. New carries with it the promise of potential. I mean, think about it. Just like when new parents bring home that new baby, or when you get a new job, or you start a new career. The feeling of new can be invigorating. And that's the same feeling that, that many of you get this time of year, because with a new year, a new year brings the potential, the promise of potential that things in our life in this upcoming year can be better, that they can be different than they have been. So it's time for a fresh start. It's time for new opportunities. It's, it's time for, for new dreams to open up. And you don't want things to stay the same way that they have. Now, I know that most of us are looking at this new year with some measure of expectation. And here's the thing about expectation. 
uh, when you talk about expectation for what's going to happen in the new year, it's going to be different. It's going to be different for the people over here. It's going to be different from the people over here. It's going to be different from the people who are watching online. We all have a measure of expectation, but depending on who we are and what we've gone through, that measure of expectation is going to be different. Because some of us would say, you know, I'm honestly afraid to expect too much in 2023 because of the things that happened to me last year. You're one of those people that would say, you know what, Randy, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed by what happened to me last year. I'm disappointed by what happened in the past because things didn't happen that I hoped would happen. So you've almost given up hope for 2023 that things could actually be better, that they could actually be different or that they could change. And then there are others who are full of expectations. I mean, think about it. Some of you have walked in here this morning with high expectations. You're planning on losing 20 pounds. You're planning on starting a new career, opening that new business, and doing all those things at the same time. But then you look back at your resolutions last January, and those are the very same things that you said this time last year. We want to be optimistic with the new year. We want things to change. But we're not sure if we have the willpower or the strength to do it. And so this morning, I'm just going to tell you, no matter where you find yourself, no matter what happened to you in 2022, I believe that you can look to 2023 with expectation. I believe you can look to this new year with hope for the things that are ahead. See, we can believe that in this coming year that we're going to see miracles. We're going to see miracles this year. You know how I know that? Because we serve a miracle-working God. You're going to see miracles in your life because that's who we serve. We serve a miracle-working God. That's who God is. We can expect supernatural answers to prayer because God is in the business of doing things that are supernatural. We can expect in 2023 to walk in the abundant life that God has for all of us. You see, the word expectation is really just another word for faith. You hear me say it all the time when I pray at the end of the services. I'm just believing that God is who he says he is and that he will do what he said he will do. I walk into 2023 expecting God to move. Why would I expect God to move? Because he's a moving God. That's who he is. I expect God to move because he's a moving God. I'm going to expect God to speak because he is a speaking God. As a matter of fact, I want you to look at Hebrews 11, verse 1. Here's what it says. It's going to be on the screen behind me, and I want all of us to read this together. Here we go, all of us together, Hebrews 11, verse 1. Everybody out loud like you were singing that last song, Jesus paid it all, I heard you, you sounded great. Here we go. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. That is a clear definition of a faith Filled expectation. But when you have a faith filled expectation, 
that God is going to do or God is going to speak or God is going to move. How many of you understand that with that faith-filled expectation, there is a period of waiting? You can't have faith without having to wait. Now think about that. You can't have faith without, without having to wait for something. Waiting is a significant part of what I call expectant faith. And listen to what I'm saying. What you do in the waiting matters. What you do in that season of waiting, it matters. What you do in the time that you wait for what you're hoping for, it matters. We've just come out of the Christmas season, and there's a story that happens right after the birth of Jesus. And, and I think this story captures the essence of what I call expectation. It's actually 40 days after the birth of Jesus. And, and this is that story that many of you have heard, you know, when you were in church as a little kid, when Mary and Joseph carried Jesus to the temple. Now, see, Jesus was carried to the temple by his mom and dad because that's the Jewish law. That was the Jewish tradition. The Jewish tradition was that the firstborn of a family was to be redeemed by a sacrifice of two doves or two pigeons at the temple. Now think about that. The redeemer of the world is going to be redeemed by two birds. The one who would be the final sacrifice for all of mankind, a sacrifice of two pigeons or two doves would be made for him. So the story goes in the scripture that on that day, Joseph and Mary were taking Jesus to the temple. And then we read about this man of God named Simeon, who, again, I don't know his official title, but I assume he was a priest in the temple. And here's what it says in Luke chapter 2. Look at Luke chapter 2 behind me. You're going to see it on the screen. Yes and amen. <laughs> now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would, now look at this, that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Now, this is important. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms, that's baby Jesus, and praised God. You know what Simeon's name means? Look, look, look behind me. Simeon means he who hears. That's what his name means. I mean, you, you, wouldn't you like that to be what your name meant? I think mine is Randy, him who don't hear. You know what I'm saying? I mean, so, I mean, but, but wouldn't you like, I mean, wouldn't you like to be like he who hears, he who hears the voice of God. When God speaks to you, you hear him. 
And Simeon had heard God speak. I don't know how it happened, but he had heard God's voice speak to him and tell him, you're not going to die until you see the Messiah. So Simeon had been waiting, and we don't know how many years he had been waiting for. But on that day, the waiting was over. On that day, the waiting was done. Look look, look at verse 36. There was a very old prophet, a widow named Anna, daughter of Phanel of the tribe of Asher. Now look at this. She had been married only for only seven years and was now 84 years old. Ooh, Lord Jesus, help me. She never left the temple. Now look at that. That's important. Never left the temple. Day and night she worshiped, worshiped God, fasting and praying. She came along just as Simeon was talking to Mary and Joseph, and in that moment she began praising God. What we learn in this passage, if we were to go down and read some more of it, is that Simeon and Anna had been waiting decades. And every day they had been showing up in the temple. Every day. Looking, waiting for the one who would bring hope and redemption to the world. Looking for the one who would bring hope and redemption to the world. Believing and waiting. And again, the thing I want you to understand is this. That word waiting, it's not a passive word. It's not somebody who's sitting around, twiddling their thumbs. It's not somebody who's looking at the walls. Uh, that the word in the original language, here's what the word in the original language means. It means eagerly anticipating something. Waiting means eagerly anticipating something. It means that they were remaining in a state of expectancy. Simeon and Anna were eagerly awaiting the one who would come into this world and push back the darkness. They were waiting for the one who would step into this world, and when he did, he would change everything about it. Now think about that. Every day they came to the temple thinking this could be the day. This could be the day. This might just be the day we've been waiting for. And maybe that's you. Maybe you stepped into this new year And there's something in your life that you've been waiting for. You've been praying and you've been waiting. And whatever it is that you've been praying for or waiting for, it's just getting delayed for months and for years. And you're looking at 2023 and you're thinking, it's just going to be the same old stuff. It's just going to be the same old thing but I want you to hear me. Simeon and Anna had every right to feel just like you do. Why would you say that, Randy? Because it had been 700 years since the prophet Isaiah 
had told about this Messiah. And listen to this. During the last 400 years of those 700 years, there had been no fresh word from God through the prophets. God had not said anything. Those 400 years are referred to as 400 years of silence. But then Jesus is born in a manger. And the birth of Jesus broke the silence. But let me tell you what that means. It doesn't mean that we're not going to have to wait for things ever again. See, all of us in this room, me included, have been through those seasons of silence. We've been in those times, in those seasons of life, where it seems like in the Bible God has gone silent. God's not saying anything to us. And maybe that's where you are today. Maybe that's where you find yourself. But let me tell you, even though you may find yourself in a season of your life right now where it seems like God is silent, I want you to look at what the psalmist says in Psalm 139. The psalmist writes, How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. See, here's the thing I want you to hear me say. Even though God may be silent, God still has you on his mind. Even though God might not be speaking into your life or into your situation, God still has you on his mind. See, there, there's a... Listen, listen, listen. There's a fine line between silence and a whisper. There's a fine line between silence and that whisper. And see, you look at the Scripture and specifically the Old Testament, God uses so many different ways to communicate with His people. I mean, just think, God used a burning bush to communicate with Moses. He used a rainbow to communicate. Communicate with Noah. With, with Samuel, it, it was actually an audible voice. But in the Old Testament, there's a story about a prophet, a prophet named Elijah, who was desperately crying out to God for an answer. Elijah was crying out, looking, asking, wanting, waiting for God to speak. Expecting God to speak. And here's what it says in 1 Kings chapter 19. As Elijah stood there, the Lord, look at what it says, the Lord passed by. And a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. And that was his voice. His voice was in the whisper. 
Not in the wind, not in the fire, not in the earthquake. It was in the whisper. Now think about that. A whisper is something that we, we share with the people we care about. David, you over there? Taylor, you over there? When you really want her to know something, you just whisper it to her, don't you? Because you care about her. You love her. She's important to you. That's the thing we need to know about a whisper. God's voice is oftentimes in the whisper. And let me just tell you so you understand, I get where you're coming from. This, this whole thing in First Kings can be troubling for us. It can be difficult. Because it tells us that God is a soft talker. He whispers. And if God's going to whisper to you, you need to put yourself in a position so that you can hear his voice. If God's going to whisper to you, you don't want to miss out on that voice. You don't want to miss out on that instruction that God's going to give you. So as the people of God, we need to put ourselves in a position where we can hear the voice and the instruction of God. And let me tell you God's first language. It's his word. It's the Bible. The fact that the Bible, listen, the fact that the Bible is called his word, it tells you that he wants to speak to you through the Bible. Look at Romans 10 verse 17. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Faith will come to you as you hear the Word of God. Faith will come to you as you read the Word of God. Let me tell you what's happening right now. Faith is coming to you as I teach you the Word of God. But let me tell you how it plays out in our lives. Some of you have come in here feeling like you're unloved and unwanted. But you know what his word says? His word says in Galatians 4 that you are chosen, that you are loved. That you are an heir to an abundant life that Jesus came to give you. Maybe you came in here this morning waiting for God to deliver you from some addiction that you have, some pain that's a part of your past. Let me tell you what Philippians, his word declares that he who began a good work in you is going to see that work through to completion. You may be one of those people that have fear and anxiety about this upcoming year. But Jeremiah 29, 11 declares that God wants to give you a hope and a future. That's the power of God's word. That's the power that God wants to build your faith. And he builds your faith through his word. And the more you put yourself in position to hear his word, 
to read his word, to study his word, then his word's going to speak to you. And you know what? It may just be a little whisper at first. But as you lean into the word of God, you're going to hear his voice clearly. See, some of you, some of you don't know this. Uh, matter of fact, we didn't know it for two or three years. But Alex, my son, is deaf in one ear. And the way we kind of figured it out was that he would favor the way that he looked at you when you were talking to him. So the thing that you need to understand is that for Alex to be able to hear you, he has to position himself so that he can understand you. If he sits down at a table with you and you're on one side of him where he is deaf and you're speaking to him, he's probably just going to go and, and not understand you. So he's intentional about the way that he positions himself so that he can hear you. And let me tell you this morning, if there's anything that God has put on my heart for 2023, it's simply that you, God's people, need to position yourself so that you can hear his voice. You need to position yourself so that you can hear the voice of God. You need to hear his voice over all of those other voices out there. And out of all those other voices that you're listening to out there, I want God's voice to be the loudest voice that you hear. So this upcoming year as a church, that's my goal, to position you so that you can hear the voice of God. We're going to spend this month looking at how we can fill or better hear his voice. As a matter of fact, that's what we're going to talk about probably the next three weeks. And I'm going to challenge you people, listen. I don't know exactly the days just yet, but we're going to go through a time of prayer and fasting in January and February. We're doing it together. Positioning ourselves so that we can hear and move according to the voice of God. Now, if you go back to this story that we've been looking at, then you notice that Simeon and Anna, they, they moved in the direction of God. I mean, I, I highlighted it just a moment ago when I was reading the Scripture. It actually says in the passage that Simeon was always moved to go to the temple. Moved to go to the temple. He moved in the direction of God. He moved in the direction of Jesus. And as a result of movement, he found himself in the presence of his creator. So, so listen, listen, listen. When you're in God's word every day, when you're praying every day, you're moving to where Jesus is. You're putting yourself, like Alex, in a seat at the table 
in a position so that you can hear the voice of God. Because you want to hear what God has to say to you. So Simeon and Anna put themselves in a position every day so that they could hear God in their silence. God had been silent for 700 years. I mean, really those last 400 years, but you know, basically 700 years since Isaiah had foretold of the Messiah, those last 400 years were where he was just dead silent. But they positioned themselves to hear God in their silence. Every day they were at the temple in worship and prayer. They were drawing close to God. Why would they draw close to God? So they could hear from God. Here's what I want you to know. Look behind me on the screen. Expectations. They were expecting the Messiah. Expectation requires preparation. If they had not been prepared... For that day when God was going to come in that little baby, they would miss out on his promise. And we all know about that. You know, a mom and a baby, you have to prepare. You get the nursery ready, you get the, the table, changing table put together, the baby bed put together, all those little jumpy things. I mean, everything's taken care of. So let me, let me just help you understand that. In the same way that you're expecting God to invade your life, let me tell you, listen, Crossroads, if you're expecting God to do something in your life in this upcoming year, if you are expecting God to open doors that have been closed, then you've got to prepare for that. So here's the million-dollar question. How are you preparing for what you've been praying for. Look, look, I'm going to put it on the screen. Look at the screen behind me. How are you preparing for what you've been praying for? See, you've got to get ready. You've got to get ready for the new things that God is going to do. So the question is, how do we prepare ourselves for what we've been praying for? We have to be like Anna and Simeon. Because like Anna and Simeon, they positioned themselves. Every day they moved in the direction of God. Every day, every day they went to the temple. Every day. And that's what you need to do. It's not hard. As a matter of fact, that's what you're doing right now. You position yourself every day when you pray. You position yourself every day when you get into God's Word. So here's the first thing that you need to do. The first thing that you need to do is you need to move towards God. That's what Anna and Simeon did. So let me ask you. Take the next few days as we prepare for this new year, 2023. Take the time in your life to seek the voice of God for direction. Seek the voice of God for instruction in your life. Ask God to give you one word for this year. Just one word. Ask God to give you one word. Could be a word of promise, could be a word of instruction. 
Ask God to give you something to hold on to because I'm going to tell you, things in your life are going to get tough. It's going to get rough. Ask God to give you one word. Have one word that you can hold on to when things get tough, when things get rough. I've got my word. The question is, do you have yours? Make some time. Turn off the noise. And for goodness sakes, put down the phone. And listen to the voice of God. Turn off the phone and make room so that you can move towards God. Here's here's the second thing, that if you're going to get ready for what God's going to do in your life, here's the second thing. Move towards God's people. See, one of my favorite parts of this story comes after Simeon declares the hope and the light that this child, Jesus, is going to bring. Look, look, at, look at what it says in verse 33. The child's mother and father marveled at what was... It's important to understand because you might read right past this. The, mother, the child's mother and father marveled at what was said about the child. Now think about this. Forty days past the birth of Jesus, past Christmas as we look at it. The angels are gone. The shepherds are gone. But that scripture tells us that God has people speaking life over Mary and Joseph. And those words that were spoken, the life that was spoken over Mary and Joseph would give them the courage to do the things that they would have to do a few weeks later in taking the baby Jesus to Egypt and hiding him. And if there's anything I know, listen, now listen to me. It's that all of us in this room, all of you watching online, we need people in our life who speak life over us. We need people engaged in our circle to speak life over us. We need people involved in our life who are going to echo God's voice over us. Especially during those seasons of waiting and silence. So here's what I'm telling you. I'm challenging you, Crossroads. Listen, listen to me. Make sure in 2023 you have the right voices speaking to you in your life. Get the right voices, you'll make the right choices. That's why you need to have the right voices speaking to you in your life. Move towards God's people. Get involved and start getting to know people at church by serving and by helping us lead a group. You need the right people in your life speaking life over your life. Let me, let me, just, let me, just, let me just say something right here. Some of you filled out a card late November. Nobody's contacted you. That's my fault. I started yesterday getting in touch with people. I will follow through with that with this week. And if I don't get in touch with you, just attack me down here in the front next Sunday. I've just, I, I, and again, it's not an excuse. We've just been so covered up, but I'm trying to get things back because we're going to hit the ground running. Some of you we're going to leave behind because we're going to be moving towards God's people. We're going to be moving towards God. We're going to be moving towards God's people. So I'll be getting in touch with you. Don't put me to the voicemail because I'll hunt you down. I mean, I will hunt you down. You need the right people in your life speaking life over you. 
I can tell you that my life has been shaped, my faith has been shaped by God's people. So again, I'm challenging you. Move towards God. Move towards God's people. Here's the last thing in this story that I want to highlight. Hold on to God's promise. Because that's what Anna and Simeon did. They held on to God's promise every day. They showed up at the temple every day. And they never gave up. Now think about that. Think about that. There had been hundreds of years of silence. But it didn't stop them. Because what I see in the story of Anna and Simeon is they didn't let the silence of God silence their faith. Just because they had not experienced the promise of God yet, they did not let the silence of God wear them out. They kept believing. They kept showing up at the temple. They kept expecting. They stayed on the lookout. They kept praying and believing. And that's the reason why it's important to look at what you do in that season of waiting because it matters. It matters. We can't get discouraged in the waiting process and think that God has gone silent. It's the very reason why I'm telling you, write down the promise that you're holding on to. What has God spoken to you? What's the promise that you feel like He's given you? Take some time this week, write it down, and don't just write it down, pray over it. And then watch how God moves in your season of waiting. I want to share some scripture that means so much to me because when we were planning Crossroads, it was like God gave me these verses right after he gave me the vision for this church. And it had to be God because I would never look in this particular Old Testament book. Habakkuk. Here's what he says. Write what you see. Write it out in big block letters so that it can be read on the run. This vision message is a witness pointing to what's coming. If it's slow in coming, then wait. It's on its way. It will come right on time. See, there are times in life when God does a miracle in a minute. Boom. But there are also times when God takes us on a journey of miracles. And that's why we have to remember that expectation requires preparation. And sometimes that preparation is the heart surgery that God does in us. He does something in us so that He can bring the miracle to us. Because He wants us to be prepared for what He's about to bring. And I know this morning that many of you are preparing and looking at 2023. 
Some of you are hoping that that loved one that's far from God will be brought back to God in faith. Or maybe you're that couple who is hoping that this year will be the year for that miracle baby that you've been praying for. Or maybe you believe that this is the year of financial blessing and provision that you just, you just know you need. And you know you need it because you've been praying for it. So what I want you to hear this morning is this, that, that many times God's greatest work is not what he does for you, but it, it's what he does in you as you are waiting in expectation. And let me tell you, waiting is a way for you to learn to trust him. Waiting is a way for you to learn to bring your needs and longings to Him. And the more time you spend with Him, you're going to learn that He's for you. And our faith is strengthened. And we learn and we understand that we can trust Him with our future. See, we talk about moving towards God and moving towards God's people and holding on to the promise. Can I tell you what's common about all that? The thing that's common is consistency. That's the key. It takes a small step every single day. And you have to be consistent. So my question for you this morning is, what's the step that you need to take? What's the step that God is asking you to take as you enter a new year? Because here's what I know. One step in the right direction can change everything. What's the step you need to take, and will you take that step this week? Would you bow your heads this morning and pray with me, please? God, we're so thankful for your word, how it challenges us. And God, this morning, I just pray for those who find themselves in a season of waiting. God, I just pray that they would be still and know that you are God and that they would hear your voice. Maybe you're here this morning with every head bowed, every eye closed. Maybe you're watching online and Maybe you've never committed fully your life to Jesus Christ and you know this morning that's what you need to do as you start a new year so that you can hear the voice of God, so that you can hear the instruction and that you can follow Him and that you can live in the abundant life that He has for you. Wherever you are, maybe you just pray a prayer after me or use your own words. Maybe you say to your God, by faith in Jesus and what He did on the cross, I believe that you will do everything in my life that you have said that because of the cross that you will forgive me of my sins that Jesus paid the price for that and that God I can look to you to be the author and the finisher of my faith and I can walk in a newness of life so in this moment God I repent of my sins and I turn to you 
believing that you will do everything that you have said that you will do. God, for the rest of us, may we enter this new year individually, corporately, as a church, listening to your voice, positioning ourselves at the table so we can hear you and follow you and be everything that you have called us to be. As we ask this prayer in Jesus' name, amen. Just a moment, we're going to take communion. And really, communion is a time of looking back and looking forward. I mean, we look back at this whole season of Christmas and that, that Jesus would come into this world and be born in a manger so that he could go to the cross as a sacrifice for us so that we could be restored back into a right relationship with God. So we look back. But communion is also about looking forward. It's about looking forward at the things that God has planned for us, prepared for us in eternity. On the night before Jesus was betrayed, he was with his disciples in the upper room. And he would tell them how he would lay down his life for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus picked up a piece of bread at the table and he showed his disciples and he said, this bread represents my body that will be broken for you. So every time you eat this, do this in remembrance of me. Now think about that. Jesus would be broken so that we could be made whole. He would be broken so that we could be put back into a right relationship with God. Then he picked up the cup. And he said, this cup represents my blood that's going to be poured out for you. Remember, every time you do this, that I went to the cross so that your sins could be covered. Because it's that blood that is shed on the cross. That's the blood that brought about life for you and for me. Would you bow your heads and pray with me, please? God, as we approach this table in just a moment, as we take on the bread and the juice, we do it in a posture of humility and thankfulness. Thankful for Jesus who gave his life for us so that we could have a life that we really do deserve. Let us remember the true meaning every time we take communion. What it represents. The bread and the juice. As we ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Just a moment. Most of you are very familiar with how we do communion. You can set pray, meditate, but when you're ready, get up and approach one of these three gentlemen there. They'll have the elements there. Once you get your elements, if you would rather move to the right or to the left and pray, just kind of move out of the way where other people can make their way. There are trash cans along the front of the steps where you can drop your cups in or you can drop them on the way out. And then once we're finished, everybody has taken communion, we will complete the service with this last worship song.
position yourself to hear the voice of God. And that's what we're going to start doing together to make sure that we hear and don't miss the voice and instruction that God has for us. You want to know what my word is for 2023? Expectancy. I'm believing that God will do everything that he showed me he would do in this church. And it hasn't happened yet. So I'm going to have to put on my big boy pants. And you're going to have to put on yours. Because God has great things in store for your life and for the life of this church. Position yourself where you can hear his God. Where you can hear his voice. And remember, expectation requires preparation. Prepare what you want God to do in your life. Thank you so much for being here as you exit today. Leave that tear off. Your offering, your tithes, your offering. If you want to use the bank card there too, giving kiosk in the lobby, you can do that there. Or you can give online, crossroads11.com forward slash give. Have a great week and I'll see you next week right here, same time, same place. Have a good, good week. We'll see you then.